everyone, this is Toes, and welcome to the Trout Creek Bible Cast, a podcast designed to keep you connected to Trout Creek, to each other, and of course, to the Word of God. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trout Creek Bible Cast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is January 2021, and I hope you've had a great start to your new year. We've been off to an awesome start here at camp. We're thinking about summer and already making plans for another amazing summer of camp. In fact, before we jump into the episode today, let me just remind you that camper registration is open on our website, tcbc.com. And if you are of summer staff age, you can apply on our website as well to work on summer staff this year. We already have lots of applications and registrations rolling in, so check out tcbc.com today. Now, of course, we'd like to start the Bible cast this week like we always do by jumping into some time in the Word. We're going to move back into the book of James, which we started in the fall, and we're going to continue now through the spring. So here we go with some Bible time. We'll be in James chapter 3. And welcome to the Bible Cast for the month of January. Uh, here we are back at it again. I'm glad you've joined us. Hopefully, you've had uh, a great start to the new year. We are going to resume, as uh, you heard, we're going to be in James chapter 3. Um, you know, there's one thing I really like about James chapter 3. And it's that it's very clear language. It doesn't beat around the bush. It's pretty straightforward. doesn't take a lot of interpretive, uh, you know, knowing Greek and, and having all kinds of Bible education. It's pretty straightforward. And, uh, you know, another thing is, you're trying to, careful how he uses this word, but hammer a point home and you want to get your point across to somebody. You're looking for that perfect uh, illustration or example, and you're like, how can I spiritually connect that principle with something that someone would understand in real-world language? Well, in this chapter, it's done for us, <laughs> as we will see here. So let's go ahead and start off our time with reading out of James chapter 3, and we're just going to tackle verses 1 through 12 in this reading. So here we go at verse 1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, They are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. 
All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise the Lord and fa our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow in the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. All right. Thank you. There we go. We've got, uh, like I said, it's it's very straightforward, very clear, and it gives us examples of what the tongue is like. And uh, I really like how it starts off at the very beginning of the chapter. Not many of you should presume to be teachers. Now, in a camp setting, what is a teacher? What would be the equivalent on summer staff at camp of someone who wants to be a teacher? One of the most prized possessions is to be a counselor or a counselor in training. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, if I just could reach the kids at that level and be a counselor of CIT. And sometimes uh, the primary campers actually call them teacher. That's <laughs> like, teacher, true. teacher. Exactly right. They haven't quite learned the disconnect between school and camp, and they're just teacher. But here we are, and it's saying not many of you should presume to take on that responsibility in that role. Why? Because there's more accountability, mm -hmm. there's a higher standard, and when you speak, people will listen not only to your words, but to your actions. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, actions speak louder than words. We've heard that. It's almost like rolls off the tongue, rolls out our ears, and doesn't have much impact anymore. But it's truly uh, a pretty accurate saying, especially at camp. Mm -hmm. But So if you aspire to be someone at camp, whether you want to be a teacher or not, you always want to set the, the best example. But man, counselors and CITs are on a pedestal. They are on display. They are paraded. They are adored. And that feels kind of good personally sometimes when you're like, oh, counselor, and da, da, da. Everyone's like, pew, pew. oh, excuse me. Uh, you know, <laughs> drinking that up and loving that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with that comes the responsibility of really being someone who honors the Lord with your mouth mm -hmm. and with your actions. It says they'll be judged more strictly. Like that's a pretty harsh uh, standard to live up to. Yeah, who wants to be judged? <laughs> Here who, you know, I, I've, uh, in another Bible study I'm doing in Sunday school, I'm going through Matthew, and just recently we were talking about the parable of the talents where they were given out, and then Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. Do the other one, he says, you wicked, lazy <laughs> servant. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what that judgment's going to look like, but those are the two extremes. Mm -hmm. We'd all love the A+. Plus. Not many of us striving for the F-. minus. But here it gives you kind of what, uh, what that judgment might look like if we're teaching that. We also receive judgment from peers. So it's not just like biblical judgment. This is like real life stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> so let me ask you this. 
what do you think is the most important part of the body? You know, if you're meeting someone, think of like in-camp training, opening day, and you, when you see friends you haven't seen for a while, or you see people you have never met and you're interested in getting to know them. Let's be honest, we size people up, we do the whole glance over, and what are the features about other people that we notice? Probably their, what, eyes, their hair, their stature, their height, you know, um, maybe their, their face in general, you know, etc. But how many of you notice people's tongues? You know, like, <laughs> it's not really a visual part of the body. You can't really see it, but, oh, can you hear it? As soon as that mouth opens, you will hear the tongue. And I believe it is directly connected to, what did Jesus say? The heart. Mm -hmm. Out of the overflow of the heart, mm -hmm. the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. That tongue does amazing things. It could be something like, hello, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> or, hello, nice to meet you. You hear the difference. You know the difference. You've done the difference. The tongue is not what most people think. I, I've got to meet that person for their tongue. <laughs> and sometimes you go, I wish I would have never met that person because of what they said. Mm -hmm. You don't say their tongue, but because they said something harshly or rudely and it hurt. And once again, we're into cliches today. First impressions are usually... Most important. And... Lasting. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm like setting it up, throw out the softball, and it's like swing and a miss. I, Set it up again. Oh, swing and a miss. I've never heard that. You've never heard that. Either. First impression is usually the lasting one. No. Oh, no, no, I haven't heard that. But it, it usually, like, it you does. think about it. it you know, yeah. You, yeah. And it's hard to overcome that sometimes because people are like, true. Eh, you better prove it to me that you're different than what I saw the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, I'm not saying next time you meet someone, you say, please stick out your tongue and let me see that. You know, that'd be kind of weird and socially awkward and you'd probably be considered weird. But it isn't too long before you get together with somebody and meet with someone and communicate with them. Mm -hmm. You know exactly what is going on in their life. Do you guys like the stories of people's lives? I love hearing people's stories. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I want it. We have guests here and I'm like, and I just ask questions like, so, why did you come here? And I want to hear what brings people to a place or I want to hear their story, what they're struggling with. Because mm -hmm. it's just my heart that people connect with God. And I think that's a great way to do that. And I, I just want people, I love hearing their stories. Mm -hmm. Some stories you don't like hearing because it's so sad mm -hmm. and it's so hard uh, and so difficult. But that tongue that James talks about, he says, that's an important part of the body. We always talk about, I mean, the Bible's pretty clear on the parts of the body. There's the heart, there's the head, there's the whole Ephesians, mm -hmm. you know, armor of God and how to protect your body and all the different elements that go into protecting that. And I just love this one here where it takes the tongue and it puts it into real language like a ship 
or like a horse, and we tame animals, we, we bring ships to the right course. And I think, what is the bit in the mouth of a horse? What's that correlation spiritually to the human? Those of us who are believers in Jesus, what is that bit? What is the, what is the pilot who steers the rudder? Well, there's two options. There's the flesh and obviously the Holy Spirit. And if we yield to the Holy Spirit and he has the bit and control of the reins on our tongue. And if he has, if he's the pilot of our rudder, you know what I mean? Um, we will be in much better shape. I mean, we're living in a cultural world where the tongue may not fly, um, you know, all the time, uh, realistic or literally, but it it flies in our our discourse on social media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are people's words; mm -hmm. uh, they're typed by fingers, but basically, it's the tongue. If you were in person, this is what you'd probably say, or maybe no. not, because <laughs> you think you can get away with a little more on social media mm -hmm. than you might actually say to someone in person. Mm -hmm. What would that be like if we? put away the keyboard and actually used our mouths to talk to people, we'd probably be a little more civil with one another. Maybe. But, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I think this scripture is so relevant today. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've lived in American culture, which you have, you've seen the discourse kind of go downhill over the last several months over uh, politics and pandemics and life and culture and mm -hmm. everyone's got an opinion and everyone likes to express their opinion. Myself included. A lot of times at the end of the day, I do this and I recount my thoughts and my conversations with people. And I'm like, oh, why did I see that? What was I thinking? I wasn't thinking with the Holy Spirit and I wasn't talking like the Holy Spirit. And then I go back and I try and, oh man, sorry about that. Did I, you know, but I, I do a lot of recollecting of my, my conversation. And then I also think, here's James talking about Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And here we are in Oregon. Did we not just have a oh, yeah. fire season of fire seasons? Oh, yeah. I literally just drove last week through the burn area on Highway 22. And it was just amazing to see the devastation. Yeah. I mean, houses leveled, towns leveled, trees scorched by a little spark. Mm. But you know what? spread that the wind mm -hmm. remember how windy it was at labor day and mm -hmm. the wind fanned the flames and it spread mm -hmm. if you say something guess what your friends can do with your words <laughs> they'll fan the flame and they'll say did you hear what joe said about such and such and then that goes to the next person and pretty soon that forest mm -hmm. is on fire. Mm -hmm. And usually it's scorching people in the path. Mm -hmm. And it's not a pretty sight. And as you go through that forest there, it's like salvage. You gotta like salvage the stuff and then you gotta like start over and yeah. and and reseed and replant and renew. Wouldn't it be great if we could avoid all of that? And be builders up and be people who spread fertilizer, nourishment, moisture, mm -hmm. 
a breath of fresh air to people and say, let me speak the word of the Lord to you in an uplifting way instead of, let's see how I can set this on fire. Because mm-hmm. fire, it's a great property. Sometimes it provides a great heat. But in this context, it's a destroyer. Mm-hmm. And where does this come from? What's it say in the text? What's the uh, ultimate? It's set on fire by hell. <laughs> and we associate fire and hell quite often. Mm-hmm. Yes. People say as hot as Satan's kingdom. And, yeah. you know, there's the weeping and gnashing teeth and the fire that goes with that. Is that what you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Being an avenue of fire, a firestorm mm-hmm. from the pit of the enemy? And use mm-hmm. the one thing that on Sundays or on Wednesdays or Tuesdays or whatever day you're worshiping or worship night at camp, you're like, this is so amazing. And the spirit truly does move. And then the next day you're like, yeah, but, and the tongue just goes off on True. trashing the program or the people or individuals or, you know, whatever else you're frustrated with. Man. What a contrast. Praising our Father with an amazing ability to sing. Do you guys like to sing? Mm-hmm. I like to sing. I'm not always good at singing. I'm not always the best that you can hear singing. But I but like. But you can always hear you sing. But you can always hear. <laughs> but you may not always want to hear me. And I'll be yelling at the back of the chapel during worship and other things. Because I want to proclaim it loudly how awesome God is. But Joe, are you also proclaiming loudly about other people and what I think about them and not always in a good light? So how do we take this scripture? What do we need to do practically? How can we put this into practice? What James is talking about with the tongue. With it we praise God. It's an amazing tool. Yet it's also such a destructive tool evil tool there's some other verses too let's read some other verses and then we will uh, talk about some practical tips um how about out of psalm 141 verse 3 this is what other scripture says about the tongue it says set a guard over my mouth O lord keep watch over the door of my lips I see some practicality coming out of that verse mm-hmm. a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly Joe, read for us Psalm, I believe it's 12, 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks boastfully. They say, through our tongues we have power. Our lips are our own. Who can be our master? I hope you're not at that point where you're like, ah, I can do whatever I want. I own my lips. I own my tongue. That verse says, Lord, cut off those lips and those tongues. Mm -hmm. That sounds like some pretty harsh surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my word. I mean, I don't know about you, but having your tongue cut or your lips cut, I mean, we don't really talk like this in Bible study. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I want to be a little graphic here for a moment. Think about scissors actually being used to cut off a tongue or your lips to be cut. No, thank you. No, thank you. And it's almost like, dude, gross, why are you talking about that? That's disgusting. Should we even... I mean, it's the scripture. 
And sometimes I think it's that mm-hmm. harsh to say, are you hearing what it says? Like how important it is. Yeah, Lord, yeah. Lord at what? I'm so frustrated with these people. Do something drastic. Mm-hmm. But before that, don't you want to take the steps to correct it so the Lord doesn't have to get his surgical tools out mm-hmm. and exercise what the scriptures say? Mm-hmm. What are some practical things that we can do? I mean, there's the spiritual one. What are we all supposed to do every time? Pray. <laughs> Pray. Pray before we speak. Pray. And isn't that what uh, Ben read out of Psalm 41, 141? He said, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. He's the only one. It, what does it say in here? Man cannot tame the tongue. It's a restless evil. Restless, full of evil. Mm-hmm. Who can tame the tongue? Who has the power over the tongue? The one who made it. Yeah. The one who made it. And the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit yeah. through his word. Mm-hmm. So what can we do? We can pray. What are some other practical tips you guys have done that you've thought through that maybe you've that helped you to curb your enthusiasm to have the flow of the mouth without thinking. I I like to think in regards to kind of any anything that I'm supposed to not do. Like I'm not supposed but look at all this damage I can do with my tongue. I'm not I need to not do that. I need to not say these things. I need to not talk about people in these ways. Uh when when we just tell ourselves don't, then we start to be really tempted to do it because we're thinking about it all the time, right? We're thinking about the thing we're not going to do, um, which is why the law it alone doesn't actually make us better people, right? But uh, but then when I look at this text, there's all these amazing things the tongue can do, like the little rudder on a ship. It can it can steer you away from the lo- the, the heavy winds and get you where you want to go. It can it can help you navigate the storm, and and you can praise God and you can. Uh, praise, yeah, you can you can give God praise with your tongue, and like he talks about some of the positives, and so I like to think about well, it's it's good to think about what I'm not supposed to do, but what am I supposed to do? Can I how how can I build people up with my words? How can I uh, bring life with my words? How can I bring you know joy mm-hmm. and praise with my words mm-hmm. instead of the opposite? That's so counter to a conversation if everyone's like. Piling on in the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how hard it is to say, let me bring a different angle to this, mm-hmm. something positive. Mm-hmm. It, it cuts against the grain. Mm-hmm. It usually stops all the other negativity, too. <laughs> it does, but at what cost yeah. to you as an individual? Mm-hmm. True. Oh, yeah, okay, do yeah. And you get all the flack. The flack, wear it with. <laughs> Dignity. Yeah, mm-hmm. Seriously. Wear it with, okay. I mean, I remember a conversation, uh, it was a few years ago on one of the chat uh, groups of the CIT guys. And, oh, gosh. And they were like, uh, dude, and, you know, one guy was going off and mm-hmm. another guy went off on him and was kind of joking. And then another guy comes and goes, dude, I don't think we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, you know, not healthy for our, our group. Because it was kind of getting, you know how, 
I always equate it to when you're wrestling with your brother and it's fun and it's it's a game and then and it's like, oh, yeah. then all of a sudden <laughs> it gets to the point where it's not fun and someone's getting hurt yeah. and and the and our teasing is like it's like <laughs> yeah dude yeah and we trash talk each other and all of a sudden all of a sudden Word! the words are hurting now yeah and you don't know how to say dude stop that hurts mm-hmm. yeah so you just kind of you could read language and body language like crazy and know when it's going south on you. Yeah, that's the other thing I was thinking is you can say all the right things, but I think when he talks about the tongue, he means everything we do to communicate with each other. Because you can say the right words and it can still be cutting because you can be rolling your eyes and laughing or whatever, right? Even though your words are technically okay. True. True. You know, another thing I was thinking is... I've always heard it said that if you have a grievance and you're going to type out an email or some kind of communication, type it up, set it aside, read it the next day. Save it. Save it. <laughs> don't send it. Read it again. See if you're at that height of emotion. Yeah. And then go, maybe that's not the best choice. Now, that's harder in in conversation. Mm. But maybe, uh, you know, just maybe try and hold your thoughts running through your own mind and go, how's this going to come out? Yeah. I'm trying to do that. And I'm trying to be good at processing my words before they proceed from the, uh, the tip of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing you can be doing is, uh, Spirit, is this, is this what's going to be building others up? Is it going to benefit those who listen? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be helpful to the situation? Yeah. Or am I just piling on to what's already, uh, you know, groupthink and, mm-hmm. you know, dumb moves? Yeah. So anyway, um, that's what we wanted to bring to you guys this uh, session, taming the tongue. We can't do it. The only person who has the power and the ability to do it is God Almighty, as Fidget said, the one who created it. So surrender it to the creator. Surrender it to the maker of it who knows what needs to be said, what needs to be done, and give him all the control and then you will praise him and you won't have to worry about cursing your brother or making language that isn't uplifting and i want to encourage you guys to do this on a day-to-day basis pray that the spirit would remind you of that Mm -hmm. Uh, if i could just pray with us real quick and then we'll close up father i pray that these words would wash over us the words of james would uh, renew us and just cause us to pause and to consider what we say before we say it so that we can bring glory and honor to you. Make this happen in each one of us through uh, your spirit, your power, and your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. It's so good to be in the Word together. Thanks for joining us for that, and thank you, Joe, for leading us through the book of James. We'll continue in James throughout the spring this year. 
We also like to sit down occasionally on the Biblecast with uh, summer staff or summer staff alumni and just hear about their experiences of camp and how God has worked in their lives through camp. And uh, I got the chance to talk to a summer camp legend from Trout Creek. Actually, when I was a camper, this guy was one of the first program directors that I remember from when I was in primary camp. And uh, living legend of Trout Creek, I got to talk with Fonzie. So let's hear about some of his experiences of camp and uh, live through some of those memories together. Here we go. Guys, I'm here with Fonzie Dave Vahey Camp, the the man, the myth, the legend, Fonzie, really. Uh, and uh, thanks for talking to me today, man. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited, dude. Um, tell me, uh, when did you work on summer staff? Great question. So I'm getting old, so I'll try to get this answer right. <laughs> ninety seven, yeah, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand. 2001 and 2002. And uh, what what different positions did you have? Yeah, I did. I, did the, uh, I went from crew to CIT to CIT to counselor to program director and then program director. Nice. Can I tell you, actually, Dave, that when I was a camper for the first time in 99? No. When I was a camper for the first time, whatever year that was, as a primary camper, yeah. you were the program director. And I yeah, remember yeah. being like, this guy's really cool. This guy's like really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I think. Man, let me tell you, as soon as you get over like 35 years old, the cool factor is gone. <laughs> and, you, know, you, start, you know, you start losing your hair, you know, your body starts <laughs> And then you dream of the glory days. Again. Yeah. For sure, dude. And I, I actually remember your your glory days at camp were some glory days. I remember you and was it Skillet? Were like yeah, yeah, you guys were like yeah. the the crazy program guys. Can you um, tell me some of your yeah. favorite parts about uh, so maybe the time you were program directors? What were some of your favorite things to do? Yeah, great question. So Skillet, Stephen Bergen, still close friends with that guy to this day. So um, you know we, but anyway. Um, to answer your question, crazy moments, fun moments, you know, things were a lot leaner and meaner back in the day. There wasn't a bunch of auxiliary program staff. Yeah. So, you know, there was me, and then there was a photographer, and then there were um, Stephen Bergen. So he was, the, he was the counselor dean okay. at the time. And so if you wanted to pull something off, with the program that was like labor intensive, like lots of setup, you really had to lean on other positions to help you. Yeah. And I remember it just, it was, it was just a, a rat race. <laughs> it was busy. It was just always, it was like nonstop. Yeah. Go, go, go. And, you know, it actually taught me a lot about work ethic. Like if you want to do something, you just got to, you know, Joe over the years, you know, it's just a great reminder. Like, you just work hard mm-hmm. and then, you know, rest on the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just get it done, work hard, um, you know, from sh- 
shooting, we launched the, doing videos. That's when videos launched out. Was, yeah. Was 2000, was 2001. And, you know, juggling program, editing late nights. Whoa. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I'd probably do a lot of things different, but I just remember it being so just like on the move. Like yeah. was, there was always something to do, set up, plan for it. I think that's what kind of kept me moving was, there was never a boring moment. Yeah, dude, I I remember there was always something going on. Uh, what what's like like maybe just think about a day at camp. What's like what was your favorite part of the day? Did you like team comp? Did you like fireside? Like what was your favorite thing to do? Yeah, I mean chapels were always awesome. You know, just hanging out, jumping around, singing. Um, you know, I actually, so yeah, chapels were awesome. I was actually greatly impacted when I was on crew. They would let us go to the chapels every once in a while. Hmm. You know, listening to speakers. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, Paul Anderson really preaching the word. Um, CIT Bible studies were a highlight. Yeah. CIT. Um, night games were always fun when you were doing program stuff. Oh, man. I remember yeah. your your night game that you ran for uh, Air Force. Was that the theme? The Air Force night game? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And you had, you had Twitch, I think it was, be like this Russian... Like mili- yeah. paramilitary guy, and it was so epic. Yeah. That was the greatest night game ever. I know, I know. But yeah, dude, small world Twitch now lives in the same city that I live in. Oh, really? So he living up here in Olympia. So small world. Yeah, tell me, tell me about that. Like camp relationships, uh, like friends that you make at camp. Uh, what yeah. it, it seems like a lot of people continue those friendships after camp. And I'm I'm just curious, like yeah. knowing knowing yeah. the the friendships you still have from camp. What is yeah. it about camp relationships that just continue on? You know what? That's an excellent point. My wife actually spent ten summers serving at camps, hmm. and I spent after Trout Creek. I served another four summers at different camps, hmm. and some of those first years that I worked at Trout Creek, um, like I'm still in very close contact. It's kind of like. You know, like kind of like when you go to college. I didn't go to college. I spent one year and dropped out. But I think there's a lot to it that when you go through serving in ministry with somebody or going through an experience, and you have to be and you have to live tight with people, hmm. it really does impact your your, your long term trust for people. Hmm, sure. Because it's it's hard to make. As I'm getting older, I'm realizing it's hard to make really good friends when you're older. Hmm. Um, because people don't know your backstory. It's hard to be open. It's hard to be transparent. Mm. Um, you know, but just last week I picked up with another friend from 98, Whoa. Jason, Jason Inskeep, you know, so Jujubee's brother. Um, anyway, just long story short, you know, he's, you know, I've always known kind of where he's at, but I'm going to go visit him in a couple weeks to say hello. Um, just helping me on a project, but yeah, I think it's just being together, living tight. Yeah. You know, you're you're forced to be open. Like you can't hide. Yeah. Very well at tr- when you're on staff, because people know what's happening. Yeah. In life and they care about you and you're making memories. So, anyway, it's kind of a ramble. But no, that's that's, a, that's awesome, dude. I I totally agree with with all of that. I think there's something really special that happens when you work on staff with someone. And I know that your is it your daughter applied for crew this year for Beyond yeah, Crew this year. I I yeah, and you know it's um still waiting to hear back and it's kind of i remember when i was applying to be on crew i remember i really didn't have any idea of what i was getting into yeah 
Um, you know, and it's kind of like, I remember so many times on crew just having a bad attitude. Hmm. Like, I remember, like, having to unplug toilets, and then my crew leader, like, splashed toilet water on my shoes. <laughs> and trying to unplug it. And then I, re- I remember just thinking, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And I remember just being so arrogant, thinking, like, I deserve better. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, you're 15. And you just don't know really how to work yet. So I keep telling my daughter, it's like, just go in there and w- serve Jesus, work hard, keep your nose down, um, you know, yeah. go above and beyond, like, and you'll build, uh, obviously you're not working for Joe or Fidget, you're working for Jesus, Yeah. Um, but you'll build a reputation of hard work, Yeah. and that will carry through any other things you want to apply for in the future. But, um, yeah, I remember crew, crew was just, to blast, so I'm excited to hear back if she if she gets a thumbs up. Hopefully, they they kind of forget or Joe forgets how crazy I was. <laughs> Gives her a little a little bit of mercy and grace. But anyway, yeah, dude, it's so it's so exciting to see new stuff staff members come on and be like, they yeah. you know they're gonna have a life changing experience, and they they just oh. don't know it yet. <laughs> and it's so it's so fun to see people have that first camp experience. Yeah. Um, let me yeah, ask you no. one let me ask yeah. you one more question. Um, you, so you worked at camp a while ago. Uh, you're and since then though, you've stayed connected to Trout Creek. Like your kids go here. Like you constantly are being an encouragement to those of us who are still on staff. And I'm just curious, like what uh, what is it about Trout Creek that keeps you wanting to stay involved and continue to have your family stay involved in the ministry? Great question. So um, as I've gotten older, I've realized how quick. Uh, full-time staff at summer camps turnover Hmm. like new directors new program staff Mm -hmm. new board members and you quickly realize um there's a lot of emotional attachment to where i was growing spiritually so like i have a lot of great memories of growing in the lord at trout creek Hmm. and then thinking about like where i want my kids i want my kids to have those same types of experiences so when i look around like my city and my state, I instantly think, man, I don't have any connection up here to, like, I don't know these people very well. Like, yeah. are they, are they, you know, some camps pay their staff, like, a couple hundred bucks a week. And I just thought, you know, I just want my kids to, to be able to experience what I experienced. And if they do, awesome. If they don't, if they experience it, like, at Bible college or going on mission trips, yeah, good. But there is something really rare about Trout Creek, about... Joe being there a long time, you're pushing. How many summers have you been there now? Oh man, uh, on and off at least ten. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's really rare, Ben. Yeah, you know, fidget, you know, for for somebody to be there that long. Um, and what you get with that is you get a real care for the program and yeah. a real care for traditions and and how you want it to be better than last year, and you keep building this thing. Um, and that's that's rare. I mean, it's it's difficult to find hmm. in in the Northwest. There's a long term uh, group of people that have been there, that care about it, that don't change the values, they don't change the mission, yeah. they don't change the name, they don't pull Bible Camp out, right? Like, yeah. that's rare. And so, Trout Creek's a special place. Um, I was actually thinking if I died. Dude, I want my like bones to be buried at the Beaver Dam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude, that's awesome. I know, I know. Like, or just a pile of rocks or something. 
a, like a, a memorial. Like, yeah, like the night game glow sticks. Oh yeah, out in the beaver dams. Like, dude. Anyway, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time, and thanks for uh, sharing some camp memories. It's so good to talk with you because you really are uh, a living legend, Fonzie. It's so good to hear about your experience well, of camp, man. Yeah, well, no, thanks for, for what you do, Ben. Thanks for serving so many years. And, you know, it's funny. My kids talk about you now as the legend. <laughs> the, uh, it's, 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 it's nice to know that, that people have moved on from me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's a long, uh, there's a long history of people faithfully serving here, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool, man. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it, Ben. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's everything we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you in a few weeks with a new episode. Don't forget, summer camp registration and summer staff applications are open on the website, tcbc.com. Be sure to check those out, and we'll continue to update you on that as things unfold. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great day.